1: Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, we have the Game Dev Unchained podcast. This is the number one podcast for video game development and the lifestyle of those video game developers. My name is Larry Charles. I'm one half of the podcast team. In the other corner, wearing the blue gloves this evening, co-host, best friend, Mr. Brandon Pham.
2: Wearing blue gloves to match my brown eyes. This is Brandon Pham. Welcome to this week's episode, (laughs) bringing along with me a special guest. Cecilia Pang.
0: Hello, my name is Cecilia. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to have
2: you on. Thanks for joining. So Cecilia, this is the part of the podcast where we ask our guests, such as yourself, uh, a little bit about your background, your resume, kind of give like an idea to our listeners out there where you worked at, where you're working and where you're heading.
0: Okay, Uh, I am Cecilia and right now... I worked at uh, Pocket Gems as a UI and UX designer on our one of the flagship product called uh, War Dragons. So yeah, and before that, I worked at another mobile gaming company based in uh, Los Angeles called Scopely. So uh, and also before that, I was studied in uh, in my college. It's uh, Carnegie Mellon University. So that's probably like the road where I started in the gaming industry and where I am right now.
2: Where, where's Carnegie again? I forget.
0: Uh, it's in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's
2: my they're, area. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. pretty well known, right? And, and, and how yeah, was your how was your time
0: there? Science. Uh, my time there, uh, because I pursued my master program there I see. and it was fantastic. Like, that program is designed specifically for game industry and anima- animation industry, and also like film industry. So a lot of mm-hmm. fun there. We can do so many projects, like EA projects or mm-hmm. like Disney projects. So yeah, it's really cool. That's why a lot of uh, our alumni were uh, worked at uh, gaming industry. Mm-hmm. That's how I started.
2: <laughs> right. I'm sensing an accent.
0: <laughs>
2: so, I mean, I mean, listeners right now probably read the title, but uh, where are you originally from? And um, maybe start from there. And where did your interest in game industry start?
0: Uh, you mean where I grew up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up in, in China, like Southern part. And oh. after I finished my undergraduate, I um, just applied for a master program in U.S. Mm -hmm. Then I came here. And honestly, before I um, started my master program here, I never thought I would land it in the gaming industry (laughs) because I played games since I was a child, but I never thought that I could make a game one Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my master program led me into um, this whole industry. And so far, I really like it.
1: Mm So your first, if you don't mind, your first visit to, I'm, I'm assuming maybe your first visit to America was also for college and the master program at the same time?
0: Yeah. No? 2013.
1: Oh, man. That's yeah, a that's a, that's, a tall that's great. Yeah. How did you feel you adjusted, I guess, to not only the culture shock potentially, but then also like needing to do very well in school? It seems like uh, that's something that would be very stressful for me. Uh, maybe you could walk us
0: through uh honestly there's not so much culture shock for me because in my undergraduate i studied in uh, international journalism Mm -hmm.
1: so i got
0: to like meet with a lot of foreigners from different countries so i kind of like get used to speak english and uh, yeah talk to different people that's why i want to like study abroad yeah yeah probably it will be a challenge for most of the chinese students but for me, because I, I want it, that's yeah. why I chose for it. Wow. But yeah, this program is really interesting. I, yeah. I know that it's going to be really different and probably a little difficult for me because my background is is so far from the um, game industry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, during that two years at Carnegie Mellon, it just taught me so a lot. And I met so many friends. And I know so many like, gamers i went to gbc so yeah everything just went so well that's why i want to like get a job in the gaming industry even so hard especially for a foreigner like me (laughs) a foreign student
2: can you kind of explain a little bit of background of that because we we have listeners here that are fortunate enough to uh Grew up in the U S and mm-hmm. uh, never really having to deal with work visas or any of that. Yeah. Can you kind of explain that process of, uh, of, in uh, conditions of how you can obtain and keep a work visa to continue the work in the U S?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, I started as a student when I first come to us. So I was using a F one visa that's a student visa mm-hmm. and, uh, um, after I graduate, the uh, USCS, the Immigration Department allow uh, all uh, Ill- uh, allow all legal um, African students to pursue a uh, what's that called OPT, mm-hmm. uh, a post uh, how to explain that um, a post graduation like program. You can like legally work down. Um, Worked down in a, uh, you can legally work in a um, in an area that's related to what you learn for a period of uh, twelve months.
2: Twelve months okay.
0: Yeah, and if your um, major is STEM related, science, technology, uh, engineering, and math, is that related? You can extend that to uh, like. 27 or 29 mm-hmm. months in total so yeah that's how i started at, uh, as F f1 visa and then during that time if you have a job you will ask your company to apply for the h1b visa for you that's mm-hmm. the working visa uh, stands for like um temporarily employ foreign workers in specialty occupations. So, yeah, it's based on your company. The company is your sponsor. Mm -hmm. And how
2: long does that usually take? I mean, are you able to work uh, as you're applying or do you have to obtain it first before you? You have
0: to apply for it during your OPT time, during your student time. But the thing is, right now, there are so many like foreigners in US and everybody need to apply for it Mm -hmm. and it has a limitation like for this year probably around 200,000 people applied but we only have um, 85,000 like cap for it so that's the thing Like you need to um, went through a a process called uh, H1B lottery like every year we need to run that so only um, 85,000 people can get it.
2: So this even means for people who already have a job and it's just every year you just got to reapply?
0: Yeah, even even though, uh, no. Once you, uh, once you were selected in the lottery, you don't mm. need to go through it. But yeah, if you didn't get it in the lottery, you have to apply it in the next year. But like I said, um, uh, like all the OPT students, we only have 12 months. So that means we only have one chance to win the lottery. Mm. So yeah. So that,
2: does that change from job to job? Let's, let's like, do you have to reapply every time you get a new job for a visa sponsorship, or is it? So difficult?
0: that's why like right now, like, mm-hmm. so many companies doesn't want to sponsor H one B anymore because it's really complicated mm-hmm. and um, under the Trump administration, they um the processing time is even longer. Like, usually, it will take only six months, up to six months to approve your uh, case after you win a lottery. But right now, it's, they won't guarantee that it will be done within six months. That's why, um, I was in a, like, a gray period. I, I, I couldn't go to my job since my application is still under reviewing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't go to work and I can't get paid. Right. And I can't leave the country. That's what happened Jesus. to me like last few months.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on because I was there seeing this kind of unravel where, um, I mean, of course, um, you can explain it uh, a bit better, but basically you weren't able to continue working.
0: Yeah, and, like I said. like And we uh, were
2: kind of forced in a situation where you had to leave the country for a little while.
0: Yeah, because each year on uh, April 1st, we start the application. The H-1B visa uh, starts for the following fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And if you get it, like I said, if you win a lottery, the employment authorization uh, are guaranteed on October 1st. That's six months. During this six months, the uh, USCS people will start reviewing your application, see if you're qualified. And if you're not, they will ask you to um, provide more detail, like more documentation, mm-hmm. and then they will decide if they approve or deny. So, usually, this process will be done on, uh, under six months but this year it's taking forever like a lot of people are still waiting for
2: their approval right so the main one of the main differences was like it's just taking longer for the process is it like yeah. also the cap is a lot lower than years before as well or what? what is the uh, biggest difference under this administration in the administration before that people can kind of uh, get to understand the issue here
0: uh, because more and more people are applying i think that's the way that they're trying to make this harder mm-hmm. so that they won't apply <laughs> next year mm-hmm. so yeah right now they're just um, making the process even longer so that a lot of company doesn't want to wait for you mm-hmm. maybe they will lay off a lot of foreign uh, foreigners that's just our guess, but yeah, right
1: that's not so, gonna help any companies in our industry, like not at all, like what well, would be the the incentive for that like what would be the reasoning to
2: lessen uh, immigrants basically working in this country if if that's theres is there something else to it, or is it just simply that
1: if we get into political stuff then maybe I would like to kind of jump into yeah. I would assume it's like, oh, you look like you are doing something for your domestic citizens. You look like you're if less people are taking big, high paying jobs and more of your own citizens of the country are taking those jobs. I would say a certain party in politics would see that as a positive thing. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, I I don't want to get political on the podcast, but I will say that. I I think I can say that in fairness. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. it's really sad, though. It's really sad. (laughs) I mean, it, it kind of squashes the,
2: the, the competence of a, a worker. If, mm-hmm. you know, our industry, especially, we want the best people in place. Yeah, I agree. And it's not simply uh, jobs being taken from another person. Yeah. Or right? If anything, it's been fair. Like, if you're up to the task and you can handle it, then you yeah. get the job. It doesn't yeah. matter where you're from especially in tech. So like what was crazy to me and one of the reasons why Cecilia, I wanted to bring you on to talk about this issues is because during those few months, like, like you said, it was after April 1st, right? Mm -hmm. You and a few others that, you know, especially around Silicon Valley, I -hmm. was hearing more and more of this issue, just very good technical people in the game industry, as well as the tech jobs were being forced out because of this issue.
0: Yeah, like I said, H-1B was designed for workers in specialty occupations. Mm -hmm. But right now, I think um, the government is uh, leveling up the bar for that. Like you have to really define that why we really want you not an American citizen. Can I Mm -hmm. talk in that way? Like you have to really say that it's really special and we only need you to do this job so in my documentation i was writing like a lot of pages to demonstrate that to show what i started at carnegie mellon can support me to work here like even if it's really silly like i have to pull all the um class description and try to like force it into my daily job even though it's that silly i have to do that to approve that yeah that's a specialty occupation that i can work on
2: so that was part of the comprehensive review. Like you had to pull out your records and was it like...
0: Yeah, that's part of my application. Like, so you
2: apply it with all these documents online, basically, and they review it and someone uh, over there reviews it at the...
0: Yeah, Coffee gems worked with a uh, form called mm-hmm. Fragma. So mm-hmm. yeah, the lawyer was working with me in the past few months and prepared all the documents for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that we can pass the uh, application review. Even though a lot of people got the lottery, they won it, but then after um, the USCIS people viewed their application, they denied it for some reason. They're telling people that your case seems not uh, seems not like a specialty occupations to me. Mm -hmm. We can like hire another guy, not like a. educated high education people like you we don't need that
2: so Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just happening setting up roadblocks to hopefully frustrate an applicant enough to not pursue it anymore and yeah it's more like working um like we all think what it is it's like to work against having immigrants uh, in these specialty jobs,
0: mm-hmm. I mean yeah. that's the
2: angle. I mean, there's no way to look at it but that it's yeah. very unfortunate. And I, I think it's uh like Larry mentioned before, it's a hindrance because I I remember those months that uh you were gone. I mean, it's literally what you were doing. It's like nothing was happening. <laughs> it wasn't like someone else was waiting in line. And thankfully, you're back with us and everything. Yeah. But I can't imagine uh. Like all these other companies and, you know, very skilled workers at their jobs, uh, whatever they were handling were in complete.
0: Yeah. Were, it's were completely halted. Yeah. Like when I was waiting, I was really worried. Like, I don't know how long this process will take. Right. And uh, I also, I even signed a um, exit documentation with Pocket Gems says mm-hmm. if I didn't get any like reply until December or something, mm-hmm. they will fire me, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really stressful. And uh, I can't do nothing but wait.
2: Right. And so you had to stay in the country during, those, during that approval process. How long was that
0: exactly? Um, technically, I can leave. But until I got the approval, I can't come back. So and, and you can't it, get
2: any other jobs too. You, yeah, your I income can. stops.
0: I can't. I don't have the um legal status to stay in u s mm-hmm. at that time, and the lawyer just suggests me to wait till we got the the result on whether it's approval or denied, and then we can do our next step. So yeah, I have to stay here and do nothing. Yeah, I can't work. Mm-hmm. I can't leave. He sucks <laughs>
2: that's crazy i mean it's basically I, I i mean luckily you were able to come back but i can't i mean the percentage of people who weren't able to i mean how big was that
0: during uh, those did you know my friend got laid off after uh he was in the same situation as me mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't got any like update until november or something and then his company just laid him off
2: Wow. So, they, I mean, he didn't even have the luxury that they would wait for him enough. Yeah. Was uh, was there any other uh, within your network that you were...
0: Yeah, this kind of situation happened to lots of people. And Amy was telling me that it affects almost 80% of the applicants this year. Wow. Like the processing time is taking so freaking long. It affects most of the people. And some people in our company, they're still waiting. Their case are still pending.
1: That's too much for me, man. Like, I feel fortunate, obviously, being born here. But, like, obviously, with what we do, we come across so many people who, like yourself, go through this or are still going or pending. And one of the sad cases, maybe you can also add some information here, is a couple of my friends in the industry we're victims of the, Oh, we work in the game industry. is very volatile. Not only do I need the visa and it takes many years, but the project finished before my visa. And so did my job. Mm-hmm. And now I need a new studio to pick me up and hopefully reset my visa process. Meaning I'm starting back from the beginning, waiting the amount of years for them to sponsor my green card. Yeah. It's um, yeah. heartbreaking to hear that that's how it works. You know?
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, if a h1b worker got laid off before like five years ago you have to leave the country immediately there's no great spirit right now right (laughs) now right now it's better you have like two months Mm -hmm. to try to find a new job so that you can stay Mm -hmm. but still it's quite stressful
2: yeah i had a Mm -hmm. friend back at 2k like he was from korea and he just came to 2K from uh, another company uh, where he just got laid off. And he was five years in, like almost five years, and I believe it was five years before you get your green card after sponsorship. He got laid off right before five years. And wow. like Larry mentioned, he, he got reset basically at 2K again. And then almost five years later, he got laid off from 2K before he got his green card and so he had two weeks basically to leave the country and he's over in korea now he's not back since he got got 10 years of waiting um and each time so close and so i mean it's a blessing that he was able to stay at a company for four years which is kind of like uh it's kind of tougher out now but Uh, it's kind of like a lifetime to hear developers staying at a company for five years, but you add this to the mix where, uh, the lottery, even if you win it, um, 80% of people get rejected still and have to climb over roadblocks to, to, to fight for it and pray that their employers are are kind enough to wait. It's a, it's a mess. Like how, how long is this going to continue? So many people are being affected in our industry right now.
0: Yeah. What's your question?
2: Like, I guess it's a general question of thinking yeah. out loud. Like um, I was just very shocked that, that this was happening and uh, to hear like so, so many at, at pocket gyms um, like I could only imagine how many more in the tech industry during that time was being affected by this.
0: Yeah. And I was lucky enough to got it this year. And like I said, because my major was under STEM, so I have my student visa as long as 29 months, which can support me to do three lotteries for the H-1B. And mm-hmm. this year is my third time, which means if I didn't win the lottery, I have to go. I have to leave the country. And then I won it. I was waiting till December, to come back because of the processing time. So yeah, it's two different topics but still a lot of people even don't have the chance to wait for the processing because they didn't want the lottery.
2: So there's like there's a three strikes rule sort of where
1: uh, I, know, I think it was because just because uh, of the time because of the time. Yeah. So I'm sorry to say I, I I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Oh, uh, it's okay. Yeah, because most of the people can only work here under a student visa for one year. Mm. So you can only apply for H-1B once. Mm. But my major is called STEM. Mm -hmm. So I can do that three in a row if I didn't get it. I can do it for three years. Mm. So the first two years, I didn't get it. I didn't win the lottery. Mm -hmm. So it's my last chance.
2: So, is there anything after this? You mean when? When did you get the news in December, where you were able to go uh, through?
0: I actually, uh, I actually know my case was approved um right, uh, right before uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So then I went back to China to renew my visa and do everything, and then come back. <laughs>
1: And
2: that should take care of you for for the next year or so. For like?
0: the next uh, three years. Next three years. So yeah, after three years, if I still want to work in the US, I have to extend it. Mm-hmm. So they have to like go through my my docs again to see if anything changed. So oh. yeah.
2: Would it be a similar process or a little bit easier?
0: Yeah, it will be a similar process. Probably, it will take even longer i will say but yeah i will be safe for the next three years
1: i'm glad you really like video
0: games
1: (laughs) Uh, and this isn't to make fun just it just feels unfair and the added amount of extra stress and worry and concern that, you know, you'll have to take on as well as working in the game industry in a deadline driven industry with crunch, you know, with, you know, game cancellations with, you know, whatever happens in games that we have to deal with to then add on like citizenship or visa, you know, God, I, like I, I commend your strength and your, your persistence. And, you know, I don't know, I don't even know you all that well, but like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just sitting here like, Jesus Christ, man, like yeah, I feel and- for you and a lot of people.
0: To be honest, after I finish all my program and
1: mm.
0: I start work here, I really want to stay in the U.S. Yeah. But after I go through all this and if anything got changed, like if if the situation isn't going better, mm. I probably will consider going back to my home country, probably. Oh. So, yeah, I'll just see what will happen in the next following two years, probably.
1: hmm well, I know that video game development is happening all over the world. It definitely just seems like where video game development is happening, we probably have the strictest immigration laws right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be very wrong about that. I would love for someone to correct me if they do know. But from what I see right now, most people are complaining about immigration to America and working in America and how that's going uh, for tech and games right now. I, mm-hmm. I would say. I got to be very specific because, you know, people love to clap back in 2019. Like, Larry, you said on this episode, like, you know, five years from now, like, like someone's going to listen to this and like mm-hmm. come check me at a, at a Chipotle or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. so.
2: so what I'm interested in, I mean, your background has mostly been in mobile uh, game companies.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so generally, uh, like Larry and I are, um, we're used to like AAA and now I'm starting the venture in the mobile. Yep. Yeah. But I'm curious about your experience and your general outlook of the game industry coming from the mobile world outwards. Like, how has that been, like, just your through your view and perspective?
0: Um, since my job is UI UX design, and I think that's the key in mobile gaming. Mm-hmm. So, we need a lot of people like me to work on mobile games, <laughs> I assume. So yeah, at first I want to like work on console or mm-hmm. PC things mm-hmm. like that. But seriously, there's not so much so much like openings for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I started working on mobile. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I'm not really a big mobile gamer, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. Has it opened
2: yeah. your? Uh your world to mobile more Uh, of course working on mobile games has it changed you to pay attention to mobile more you understand more about the mobile business and everything
0: yeah like mobile game is uh i feel like it's under the mobile app category so you have to follow a lot of like uh, user trends like Mm -hmm. the uh, interaction trend but mobile gaming has its own like strength mm-hmm. you have you can apply so many like art style and uh and you'll have more artistic requirement than working in an app uh, company
2: mm-hmm.
0: so
1: yeah
2: all right guys let's take a break and hear from our sponsors
1: man brandon I got to admit, our secret project is actually coming along pretty well in its early stages. And I know that you're not responsible for it by yourself. How are you getting this art done so quickly, bro? Thanks for Quixel.
2: A papa bear, Teddy, provided this great service that allows me to download and use Photogrammetry assets and textures, grade A, AAA quality at a click of a button. This is a must have if you're an indie developer, a professional developer at a AAA studio. If you need high quality textures and assets, you need to use MegaScans. Mm. I'm not only saying that because I am, well, we are sponsored by Megascans, but because I'm a AAA professional and on the side, I do a lot of side projects. I can't see my life without it. It really is a first step to having polish quality work. So don't cheat yourself by not trying this out.
1: And again, you know, I represent the beginners. It actually wasn't that hard for me to get into it, to grab assets and put them in my own real projects. So this is from a designer. If I was able to do it, I promise you, don't worry about there being like a high bar of entry. It's actually pretty easy to get into and have assets in your project in less than an hour. So, yeah.
2: So if you guys want to grab assets, (laughs) go to Megascans.se, enter our code GDU for the first three months, 30% off. Uh, This is a great deal. And an opportunity for you guys to see what's up. They also have free assets over there, too, if you want to see what it's about before dropping any money. But uh, definitely go to Megascans.se, enter our code GDU to get that discount and start working in your project and at your studio right now with high-quality stuff. So I kind of want to go back to... um... The H one B visa, like, um, because I, I I have very I have basically zero knowledge about how that goes. I mean, you're you're of course here already educating me a lot about the uh, the time period. It seems like the from the first time I've heard of it all the way back to two K. It seems like the The lottery has been more impactful and dangerous in terms of the time span. But uh, luckily, the uh, in-between jobs, uh, you have a little more of a grace period. Um, Do you feel any, um, besides the obvious, any advantages and disadvantages of uh, working in this industry as an H-1B visa uh holder
0: advantage
2: yeah or advantage or disadvantage yeah besides the whole um applying and stuff
0: yeah um this h1b visa has a prevailing wage requirement so you won't get underpaid that much Mm. i think that's the only advantage the law will protect you Mm -hmm. if your uh, wage is too low They won't. uh, They won't uh, approve your case. So, mainstream H one B case. H one B worker get paid pretty well. Mm -hmm. But disadvantage is that when you're um, when when you're trying to like. Find another job. It will be kind of hard because you have to transfer your H one B visa from this company to next one. Like I said, uh, your company is your sponsor, so the visa is not only belongs to you. It also uh, related to your company, so you have to transfer it. And during the the, the transfer time, it will have some problem. Sometimes like mm-hmm. the government will question you again, like why it's a specialty occupation, and why they really need you. Mm -hmm. Probably you need to write another 10-page documentation to demonstrate it. (laughs) The the transfer time usually will take only a few weeks, but this year it's
1: up to a few months. I can I can see it now. It says subsurface scattering. That sounds like a a weapon. I need to I need to go investigate. You know what I mean? Like, how so would you things. know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know what I do.
2: Exactly. I don't know. I'm a people person. <laughs> I talk to people. <laughs> but like I, I that must make you think twice, even if you're unhappy at where you are. It really does. Like, is it worth? the risk Uh, and I guess that's one of the the disadvantages versus a a person who's just sick of the job and is a citizen right
0: yeah but like I know a lot of big company they start like telling their human resources to think about when you're hiring an H-1B worker it's a transfer time Mm -hmm. it's like a a really big cause. You don't know how long you need to wait for this person mm-hmm. if it's a H H-1B worker. So, yeah, it's going so to be damage, harder and harder. Yeah.
2: The damage is already there. Like, it's already um,
1: uh, reverberating. Is that right? Is that the right word?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, it has to do with like sound and echoing, right? Like- right.
2: Well, it's echoing throughout the industry right now. Like yeah. Uh, so then, yeah. It, yeah. yeah employers are hesitant on uh hiring h1b visa workers h1b1 workers are hesitant on switching jobs yeah so i mean and uh that's it's ready i mean that's that's got to be part of the plan just make it nearly impossible uh mm-hmm. and for I think anybody
0: is pretty supportive in this way mm mm-hmm. Our HR and lawyer—they are all really helpful and supportive along the way. While I was dealing with USCIS, mm-hmm. and they never told me that, oh, we are thinking of like moving, getting, yeah, moving on, blah blah blah. So yeah, I'm anyway, really grateful.
1: What really scares me when I think about how this plays out like down the line, our education system in America right now is, I would say, probably not at its best all over. Like if you average per capita, yes, we have great schools. You know, we have Carnegie Mellon, for example, we have MIT, we have schools that you just say the name and people are like, yeah, that's a great school. But we also have 50 states with colleges and institutions, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools in every single state, many public schools shoddy funding like we're having a march as we're recording this there's a march in la right now because teachers are you know up in strike Six hundred thousand la students are going without teacher instruction or school i guess until this gets resolved what i'm trying to say is if you make it harder for companies to get talented individuals where do you think they're going to come from because we're not doing our best work home growing them, you know what i mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's only so many students that these top echelon schools can actually take when you consider how many college level students are turning 18 every single year in the United States, you know. I I don't see how this is going to be a plan unless they're going to say like oh well we're going to reinvest in America. We're going to I didn't want to get political. I'm so sorry. I'm so it's sorry. not. It's it's common sense. It's common
2: sense. It's a competitive industry and like it's a STEM type of job. Yeah. It requires certain skills. And every individual has their own uh creative um what would you call it? Creative uh energy and creative input in, yeah. into the industry that we're in. Yeah. And you can't just take one out and replace it with another, hopefully uh hoping that that uh, you know there's no damage done. Yeah right so it it really just lowers the competence level of the job like it's completely ignoring competence
0: yeah
2: and it's not like i'm not to downplay any job that just is kind of like a part of the assembly line but you know in our industry especially it's very particular skill set, and not, we don't have a wide swath of people that is homegrown to be able to step in every H1B visa worker stepping out. Like that's not going to work. Plus, you know, the products we're going to make, it's going to get dumber. (laughs) It's like, that's That's, that's that's the end result right there.
1: You're either going to see companies that are big enough say, well, we're going to outsource. It just won't be a domestic, like we won't bring the people to the country. We will, hey, you know, EA Singapore just opened up or, hey, you know, Activision Taiwan just opened up and things like that where they can actually, you know, kind of circumvent. But the companies that can't afford that, what are they left with? Like a mid-level company that could make a solid play at maybe like one rock star engineer or one amazing graphics programmer or a super talented creative director. You know, just so happened to be that these people were out of the country. Those people potentially, I guess, get they're not. In the pool anymore. They can't even be evaluated because if the company can't get a hold of them, can't get in touch with actually being able to bring this person in the country, then there's like a whole swath of job opportunities that just don't exist for uh, international candidates anymore. And yeah. that's just yeah. mind blowing for me knowing this industry.
0: Yeah. And I just checked for 2018 H1B application, there are still about 40%. Mm -hmm. It's still under-reviewing. Where's this data that
2: that you're reading off of? Like, what's website that people can kind of get pointed um, to to kind of learn more about this?
0: You can just type in H-1B, approval time, second time, 2018.
1: Okay. I would like to say, like, I don't want any of the alarms that we're raising or just how we feel about this right now to make people think only the game industry is going to be affected again. These are people who are coming to the country for work status across all industries. Oh yeah. So like we're not just Facebook. Exactly. Exactly. So there's, I mean,
2: those are our close cousins industry. Like it affects everybody in the States right now. Yeah.
0: So since we're approaching April 1st, (laughs) the situation is just going to get worse and worse.
2: I I think the strategy is to thin, thin it out. That's they're just slowly just tiring people
1: out. I could be setting myself up for a major embarrassment here, but just to play fair, does anyone sitting at the table right now see any sort of benefit whatsoever to lengthening the time that it takes to review? Like if it is a strategic decision versus like a, we just don't have the manpower to review like we used to, you know what I mean? Like if it literally was a we have to do it this way because it's going to be better for the country. Can any of us identify what those better for the country things are?
2: Like a devil's advocate. Like it, yeah, Is
1: there any sort of benefit that comes out of, we are going to make it harder to get, you know, the work yeah. status visas.
2: I'll let Cecilia take this. How, how are you going to say no to yourself? Yeah, is there? <laughs> <laughs> You're at the other side of the table right now, Cecilia.
0: Say no to myself,
2: yeah, like what would be the benefit of
1: this is there any good that comes out of making it harder for like is there something we're overlooking, you know what I mean, like, oh well, Larry, it gives us more time to screen and do it thoroughly because you know a couple of undesirable slip through or you know what I mean, like just any sort of like oh, okay, some sort of suspension of disbelief that I can hold on to other than just feeling like this is a dick move, you know what I mean. I mean I, I, I so just
0: asking me, like what's the advantage of it? Yeah, uh, but I, I figured I it was going to be a, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. I figured it was going to be a dead question but it
2: Well, I mean I have a a yeah. joke answer. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: I don't want to make iPhones, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's a good one.
2: Let's keep the jobs over there. Like those type of jobs, assembly line stuff. Like I, I don't see any Americans wanting to do that and wanting to pay more.
1: Hey, a good fit, actually, finish. I, I have something <laughs> great to say. Though I have something great to say.
2: So, I, I mean, if we're looking at just the STEM jobs, the mm-hmm. very highly skilled. Master degree, college education, all highly competitive jobs, mm-hmm. like changing the world type of jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Or entertainment, at least. I don't see how having an average worker in place of a highly competent one just because he's homegrown is a he or she uh, as an advantage at all. Definitely. Like, I would rather have someone take my job that's better than me. And I've never view it any other way because I believe in competition. I believe it betters the general industry by thinking outside the box. And Silicon Valley, especially, this is the reason why Google, Facebook, all these, most of like the big tech companies, the big websites are from America Mm. and not because of Americans. Mm. A lot of it has to do with just We use our resources internationally and are able to group everybody in one area, one specific area, and just really push it to the limits. And uh, I don't see how the last 20 years, the age of the Internet, Mm. could have been achieved without immigrants and citizens working alongside each other. It wouldn't have been the same story.
1: No way. So... I've got a a question I'm going to ask you guys. It's a bit of a reach, but if you'll allow me to use this logic, I think it will help explain why I think that making it harder to acquire talented, quality individuals isn't going to stop the companies who need that position filled by a talented, quality individual. We all have cars, right? Brandon, you have a car. Cecile, you have a car. I have a car, right? I've got very good brakes on my car because if I need to stop and not die, or avoid some sort of situation, I need to know that my brakes are capable of doing that and doing that repeatedly because you will brake possibly 40 to 50 times between when you start driving and when you finish driving, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if every auto store in America decided that they're no longer gonna sell like ceramic brakes, no longer gonna sell, you know, like top end brakes because they can save money Mm -hmm. and support domestic tree farming by making wood brakes. Yeah. So they market this product like, hey, you know what? we decided as a collective, we're only going to sell wooden brakes on cars. Mm-hmm. Brandon, your only option to get brakes domestically is to put wooden brakes on your car. I'm going
2: to start jogging,
1: dude. It's super silly example, but you get it. Like that's exactly
2: what it is. Why, Why wouldn't well. you want the best to support whatever you're doing in life? It's like, wow. you can't compromise this type of stuff. Yeah. I, and I like, who, you. like I, I I don't want to get too political, but (laughs) I haven't met anyone arguing for this. You know what I mean? It's not like in my daily life either. Everyone's really quiet about it, but I haven't met inconfident people fighting over this. So I just feel like there's like a, there's like a real, it's kind of conspiracy level now. It's like (laughs) there's a real effort to decripple well, to crippleize American uh, pioneering. Mm. By, it doesn't feel any benefits are happening and it doesn't feel like the general public. Um, and of course, feeling is just subjective, but mm. I can only relate it to people around me and people uh, not, um, not sim- empathizing with what Cecilia's going through. Like, yeah. who are those, who are these guys? that are 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 that has no jobs that are blaming Cecilia because of that reason. It's like it's not I don't know anyone within our industry that's having that problem right now.
1: Brandon, I was a god dang technical artist. <laughs> yeah. But then like I don't know whose voice that is, but yeah, it's, so...
2: <laughs> it's messed up listeners who you're thinking that voice is
1: <laughs> all of a sudden <laughs> this influx of better technical artists, yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone
2: like that. Uh, so well, it's kind of. I think there's like a different layer of kind of really dumbing down our industry. Yeah. Really. Um. Well, I, because there's I, no science behind this, where there's research showing that the reason why Americans are not excelling or citizens in particular, are not excelling in tech jobs mm-hmm. are because mm-hmm. of immigrants. It's like, where is this coming from? And it's right. just kind it of is. empowering yes, I, people, so small voices here. I, yeah, guess. Like,
0: I think you it's did. just an overall like revolution in U.S. immigration system. Mm-hmm. Like when I was talking to my manager, James, he's from UK, mm-hmm. and when he was applying for his green card, Two years ago he went through exactly the same problem like me. Mm-hmm. They're like extended his application time like longer and longer and asked him to provide more and more documentation. Yeah, the whole thing is really exhausted for him as well when mm-hmm. he was applying for a green card. So And he has a everything. family and
2: everything. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, even though he stayed here for over ten years, he had family here and yeah. <sighs>
2: How does that situation even work out? Like, your kids are citizens.
0: Oh, I think his kid to, is U.S. citizens. Right. They were born here.
2: So in that situation, he would still, if it he got denied, he would still be booted out? Yeah.
0: yeah he kids. told me once, heard. he worked in uh, Vancouver mm-hmm. for several months because of the visa situation. You have to leave the country. He worked at Vancouver. Wow like remotely for several months till it, it resolved. So yeah, Man. it's not only H1B, it's everything related to immigration.
1: Yeah. So I I was going to say, this definitely feels like a macro level issue where saying like tech industry, right. is just one of, and so that's why I could see somebody on high being able to say, this is going to be good for the country because they're not looking at, wow, like 90% of your tech candidates are domestic. And that's I just pulled that number out of my ass. I, mm-hmm. I have to admit that. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying about the stereotype of like tech industry, top level talents. If um, I base it on accents, yeah. It, <laughs> 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 a, so, but like when we you look get at it, like,
2: yeah. we'll get nothing done without Cecilia's
1: out there. When it's you look thing. at it when you look at it as just the word jobs, right? And who's getting these jobs, who's being hired for jobs that exist in our country when you say like, oh, well, if we have a lot of people applying for these visas and taking these jobs, then therefore, if I can create some sort of way that still allows them, right, but just I'm severely hindering their ability to come and take these jobs, I believe in turn, I'm doing something better to give my own people, the American citizens, an opportunity to succeed by making it harder for foreigners to come and replace or to come and succeed. And that's the only thing that I can hold on to and say like, you would have to be looking at it from a very high macro level view to even think that what you're doing is a smart thing. And even then, like I'll give you the side eye because I'd be like, this is not, we're supposed to be a capitalistic society. And I, I think that let Capitalist the best man society, in, you know? and
2: you know, I come from like a sport background. Yeah. Like I would, how, how would you compromise sports mm. with this type of thinking? Like not having, just holding back the best players just because you're not U.S. citizens.
1: Like if if you ban all the, because this is, actually, I'm really glad that you brought this up because I have I keep reading these little news stories of like inner city football team beats the snot out of like 15 teams in a row, makes it to the championships just to find out that like the suburban team found some sort of loophole rule to make sure that they don't get to compete. Oh my God. You know what I mean? So like, you'll see stories like that. And I say to myself, Kicking out the better team doesn't make your team better.
2: Yeah. That just yeah. means
1: you're lowering the bar so that your team is good, right? Exactly.
2: Like, That's exactly
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not winning. You know, you're anyway. I don't know how people live with that. I'm half triggered right that now.
2: That lie. <laughs> <laughs> CEO's making us so mad right now. Yeah. Uh, it must be so frustrating. Um
0: Aww. Yeah, so it was, if, but right now everything got soft and I, know, got solved. I will be safe for right. the next following.
2: Mm. In retrospect, years. though, if there were, if you were able to do it again, well, which mm. you will be the <laughs> next.
0: Do season. what again? To do well, if you were to go through the
2: process again, was there anything, any advice that you would give people who are pending right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Or anything like that, that you felt mm. like hey, definitely you should do this if you go through this?
0: Just be more proactive when you are um, discussing and uh, communicating with your lawyer and to know your case better because mm-hmm. yeah if like when you're giving them the most detailed application your um like resume and everything you're working sample they can write the best uh, documentation for you mm-hmm. and you Probably won't need to go through the request for evidence process, mm-hmm. which will shorten the time, the timeline. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, there's nothing in control on you. It's all on the government side.
2: Mm-hmm. So Pocket Gens was able to supply a lawyer, but yeah. in other cases, companies—that's not normal, right? That's uh, that's like a special special treatment type of thing.
0: Oh, most tech company won't provide that. Yeah. Okay. Most tech yeah. companies and they will that. uh yeah, they will pay for the application fee also. Oh okay. yeah, that's a benefit. I see. If you're working for a really, really small company, probably you need to hire um, a lawyer by yourself and you need to pay for the application fee. That's why the fee's uh, yeah. fee around two thousand. Mm-hmm. I forgot. But yeah.
2: But like you you mentioned before, I I can see how big companies, if they're struggling with this, that completely Mm -hmm. eliminates, I would say, what, 75% of the industry companies that are mid-tier or smaller. Mm -hmm. Why they don't even want to even chance this from happening to any of their workers. I mean, just imagine the, the stalling would just prevent a deadline being passed over with a small team. Mm -hmm. how frustrating that could be
0: yeah like most of the small studio in gaming industry they won't sponsor any visa yeah
2: won't even try do they reject you upright or during the application or does it go a little further before they find out or or any of that
0: (laughs) i think during the hr call round, they will ask this question like do you need a visa sponsorship Mm -hmm. if you answer yes those small studios wasn't to you directly. I see. Yeah.
1: Well, I, <laughs> I know
0: um, that, um, uh, I think Riot will sponsor it. That's the only like big thing company will do that.
2: Yeah. Riot would do anything for workers right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got to throw that in there. They're doing better, guys.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, Cecilia, actually, uh, I got this email from the government while we've been podcasting because, you know, we do share this on Discord. Uh, They actually sent me five questions that we left off your last application. They would like me to just kind of run through them really quickly. You want to run through these five questions with me? Uh, Yeah. All right, cool. I was totally joking. This is a a game that we play with all of our podcast guests. It's called The (laughs) Fast Five. (laughs) Oh, so, this is a <laughs> game. A I, I'm, okay. I was totally you. I feel bad <laughs> like, okay. now. Okay, the
0: government want to ask me questions, okay. No, no,
1: I, I was trying to keep it, like, thematically related, you know, and try to sneak <laughs> it in, and I, I might have just ruined the whole... Anyway, I'm just going to put my foot in my The life was in jeopardy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so
0: everything government-related won't make me, like, super nervous. Yeah, like,
1: not, that's that's why I feel like a total asshole, so I'm going to my myself out first i, I um, didn't know about this Cecilia. yeah it was all me i was just trying to keep it <laughs> content related uh but it's a game we play with every podcast guest when we interview them it's called the fast five i'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions and all i need from you is just five rapid fire answers i promise you you know all these answers it won't take any hard thinking would you uh-huh. like to play Yep. all right i love the bravery she jumped right in question number one how many crunches in the game industry have you survived Two. Okay. Question number two. What is your favorite book or movie that you've read or seen more than twice?
0: Harry Potter.
1: Mm. Oh, which one specifically? Uh, just...
0: One, two, four.
1: Okay. Shit. <laughs> Question number three. Name a fictional character whose powers you wish you actually had.
0: Uh, Iron Man.
1: Hey, you oh, know... Yeah, okay. I don't
0: know why, but yeah, that's the first thing coming to my mind.
1: No one that works. The UI. <laughs> I would say if you have money, you're halfway there, right? It's
0: like, <laughs> that uh, true.
1: So that's that's a nice one. That's a way to sneak in and get two things. Like, Larry, not only am I rich, but I have <laughs> <Yeah>. a <Anyway. laughs>
2: superhero, your thing doesn't work out.
1: Yeah. Question number four What is your least favorite video game genre? Uh,
0: FPS, because it won't make me dizzy. <sighs> oh <laughs> i know
1: it hits me right here
0: <laughs> i know i'm uh, sorry
1: it's okay it's it's your your answer question number five one game company you would love to work for before you retire blizzard hey see hey. now you brought it back now like
0: but i hate fps so they won't <laughs> hire me
1: well they only have overwatch Right? other <laughs> games
0: what, what are you guys talking about All right, name oh, drop. That's a good title right now
1: hearthstone heroes of the storm diablo for iPhone
2: I <laughs> uh, got taken over by Activision so it's all FPS from now
1: okay. <laughs> so, see, actually that was a pretty good time I'd say you are top 12 I'm looking at the list of high scores I need to write you in in top 12 oh,
0: and we've goodness.
1: had over 100 guests so <laughs> that's good
0: is that a joke or
1: <laughs> no no that's, I'm looking at the list he's <laughs> looking at the, yeah
2: <laughs> one one day will be big enough where our, our listeners will actually yeah. make that list. Yeah, we're just waiting for that guy, and you'll get something special, guy or girl. Yeah, super <laughs>
1: fan. If you go back and accurately measure the times, I personally will make sure that you get something awesome. Yeah, and I'm not gonna yeah. pull a Peter Molyneux. I'm actually yeah. it will it's be gonna awesome. be a real thing. We're gonna <laughs> do something be...
2: <laughs> special for you. It's not like we're gonna, cool. you know double-check here or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, <laughs> I can tell.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, oh, go ahead, Brandon.
2: well, I mean, Cecilia, let's, let's kind of... Well, we're glad everything worked out. It sounds mm. like... Um, it sounded like hell. Like, uh, during that period, being so um, helpless during the process, like, what were your main thoughts were you already planning on getting a job back in your home country or what were your like backup plans
0: yeah i was doing that as my backup plans like my mom was telling me like why don't you just go back to country uh, go go back to china and she um she wanted me to interview Mm -hmm. at some like chinese company for example blizzard and riot they have office in china and she she was like you can interview there probably and maybe one day you can go back to us mm-hmm. in some way and she she was trying to convince me to go mm-hmm. back because she thought it's too crazy it's insane like she, yeah she doesn't want me to go through it again after three years Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually, I didn't know. Like, what if I couldn't hear anything back until December? I don't know what I I should do. But yeah, luckily I haven't. Uh, I don't need to make any decision. I got yeah. it. So yeah. yeah,
1: I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: Yeah, for all the lottery winners, like congratulations. You know, any of them that also listen to this podcast. But to anyone who didn't, you know, I, I hope you apply again. Don't let it get you down. We definitely need the talent in the industry. So please don't give up and forgive our country for being such an asshole right now. <laughs> We're going to get our shit together. We will. We will. Yeah. I believe in America still.
0: <laughs> Let's see if Trump can still win for the next uh, uh, election.
2: I don't know who else is he's opposed to. that's a scary
1: thing. We haven't seen any major candidates step up that I can recognize yet. I'm
0: waiting for it like even like if he he went again probably I'll think about my next step. Mm. Cuz I think the immigration the whole immigration system won't change for mm-hmm. getting better.
1: The damage is yeah. It done, needs
0: to, you know, I feel like
1: I I just want our listeners, like, please know that there's a difference between like immigration and like border security. Uh, I I will say like there is, you know, I don't mind if someone is like, I want to close the borders, but I I do want people to still be able to immigrate to America or excuse me. um, That's that's the wrong way to put it understand that like people can come to this country legally. And I think that that should always be a thing. Uh, But I understand if someone is like, I don't want people to illegally come into the country. Like that at least to me is sound, right? Like you're just saying you want laws and structure in place. Like, okay, I can converse with that. Mm-hmm. But like anybody who's like saying, I want to protect the borders. I don't want immigrants to come in, like whatever. I don't want them taking jobs. I don't want anything. Like if any of your logic is based on a fear or just a racial prejudice I mm. don't want to hear from you whatsoever, and that is a political statement then I stand by it mm.
2: yeah you can drop in our discord if you are that, <laughs> that person <laughs>
1: we will not read your messages no uh, yeah it's I think everybody should get a shot man, like in layman's terms, everyone should get a shot that's the way I break down what I like about America what I always believed in about this country. And I want anybody who can make it here legally, like you should have that same shot because there's plenty of space, you know, sure. Maybe the metropolises are crowded, but have you ever driven through middle America? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like there's (laughs) New York ain't the only place, you know, so like, it's not an issue of space. Uh, I definitely hope that our country can continue to support creativity Right. Industry tech developments, Cecilia. I'm so happy that you're here and that you made it. And like, I, I want you to be comfortable and be able to stay as long as you want. I, I definitely don't see you as somebody who is bringing us down. Mm-hmm. So.
2: and I feel like the company's stance is uh, shares the same um, uh, empathy because yeah. you know the fact that these companies are fighting so hard to keep people like Cecilia. Means there's no one good <laughs> in line right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that clear? Like if it was that, you know, easy to just pick someone out on the yeah. street that, you know, why wouldn't they go with that option? It's like, no, dude, we need people mm-hmm. who are good at the job. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't see any buddy who owns Google, Facebook, and all these guys uh on the streets yeah dude like,
1: there's no google now hiring signs on telephone poles you know you what i mean what <laughs> they're not like, I don't the to, neighborhood like i
2: need to know what these jobs are <laughs> like i was uh i'll stop after this in tangent one okay. right. i went in and out the other day right <laughs> eighteen dollars an hour
1: i was like wow I need to go in and out in and out yeah. dude yeah
2: Fight for those jobs <laughs> that looked attractive
1: to me. I was like, "Wow, that's pretty good, dude!" I don't remember, rate, man. I was excited when Best Buy finally paid me like eleven fifty an hour. I was like, "Oh, I'm making big money!" Like I remember how excited I was back when I first moved to California. That I was making more than like eleven dollars an hour.
0: Yeah,
1: I would love to make that eighteen. Same like new to People, California, <laughs> Like, how has the language changed?
2: People were like. Uh, kind of like a uh, 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 downplaying your ego mm-hmm. by saying like, uh, if you don't amount to anything, you're going to be flipping burgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flipping burgers is $18 an hour. That's <laughs> $40,000 a year. Uh. And you get the burgers. <laughs> That's a good deal. It's, it's uh But even then I don't see any like I have a hard time believing anybody's fighting like a regular I haven't come across anybody arguing about these type of things. They either if they are, they don't understand the industries Mm. or at least conversing with the industry. It's one thing if Google, Facebook, and all these guys are like on board with this. Mm. But like they're not just ignoring the immigrants, but the people who run these tech companies that are like pioneering the world in the internet age. So you guys should listen to these people because they have way more insight than governors passing these laws.
1: Yeah, man. If you, if you want America to be strong, if you want us to be industrial, if you want us to be world changing, revolutionary, you you can't stop you can't stagnate the growth in the areas of sciences math and technologies
2: yeah we have facebook we created google here like these like why is it why are we going in the wrong direction why do and, you want to reverse that <laughs> <laughs> like we've been doing fine <laughs> leave us alone <laughs> you know what i mean it's one thing to say like oh you know all these great tech companies are in Europe. It's like, no, they're all in California, man. What what big you know, companies aren't here?
1: Europe is kicking ass in automotive manufacturing. And we got Tesla, son. Yeah. <laughs> Tesla beat all of them. I'm proud of Tesla. I'm yeah. proud of Tesla. I think Fair. our other. Anyway, um, I want to say one last disclaimer. Uh, Obviously, a lot of uh, polarizing things were said in this episode today, and we want to alienate no one in our audience. We don't want to blame anyone. We are just trying to convey a story and a message and raise awareness to the situation that Cecilia and many of our brothers and sisters in the game industry go through. So first, my sympathies. Uh, Second, we have no problem engaging in discourse. That's why we have a Discord. So you hear this episode and you do want to challenge some things that were said or even better fact check, uh, please hop in our discourse. We're always in there. We'd love to talk. Uh, so that's that. And Cecilia, uh, my favorite thing to say is you've podcasted with us for over an hour. And at this time, Brandon and I usually step away from the soundboard. You know, we get some coffee and usually I get a a fruit roll up as well. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to give you the opportunity to talk directly to our audience to shout out, promote, or, you know, raise awareness for something you're involved in or just tell the audience about something you're excited about or personally working on. Uh, without further ado, the floor is yours.
0: Um, I'm okay. I don't have anything that I need to promote right now. Okay. So, yeah, it's really nice to talk about this being a public like broadcast mm-hmm. so that more people are aware of this situation so that they can decide whether they want to pursue it or not before they start it. So yeah, I hope it will help.
1: Well then, Cecilia, I thank you for taking time out of your day to be a resource for people going through similar situations that you don't even know. That yeah, says sure. a lot about you. Yeah. Well, um, it's Larry Charles. I'm feeling all right. I said that before, but I'm saying goodnight. It's
2: Brandon fam. Thank you guys for listening. See you next week.
1: I could have sworn there was a third person.
2: You want to say bye to our
1: listeners?
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bye.
1: So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify you can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer just go on over to our website www.gamedevunchain.com. if you're interested in keeping the conversation going then definitely come check us out in discord where we chat in real time for after show tuesdays to discuss episodes and feedback fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on if you go over to patreon.com you can support our podcast financially and if you do so, you'll get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.